All right, welcome back to Just Car Guys, a show where me and my dad talk about the latest and greatest car news and car stories from the last week. As a reminder, I haven't seen any of the content that Anthony has prepared for us today, so looking forward to seeing what you got. All right, starting off here, another week, another recall. Uh -oh. Ford is recalling 16,430 2021 F-150 Super Cab trucks over improper seatbelt installation. The issue is the webbing of the seatbelt may have been routed rubber sleeve instead of an anchor, so in the instance of a crash, the seatbelt may not properly restrain the driver and the passenger. Oh, wow. Okay. So Ford is mailing owners instructions on how to check their front row seatbelts. If the passenger side fails, then they advise not driving with the passenger, and if the driver's side fails, they actually advise not driving the truck at all until yeah. repairs are made owners are asked to contact their dealership to have the truck towed and receive any repairs if necessary wow okay pretty crazy huh? yeah i mean that's a seems like a pretty big miss yeah you know for something that they've done so often right so oh yeah exactly wonder, i mean that's that's a lot of vehicles so it's a, a wide range next here if you're waiting to get your hands on a ford bronco then you are going to have to wait even longer ford isn't taking any more online reservations for now after receiving hundred ninety thousand one hundred dollar deposits to date they are stopping online reservations due to of course the increased demand as well as production issues as you may know ford is having some quality issues with the supplier for the roofs of their hardtop models, causing more and more delays in production. The reservation system is set to be back up in October, and the website now directs customers to contact their local dealer for details on timing and options. It looks like the wait time is about six months to a year. Wow. Well, I mean... Again, it didn't cost that much to get an order. I wonder how many of those will actually like convert yeah. to an actual sale. Agreed. But, um, but they're, I mean, they're, they're going to have some troubles, not only with fixing the whole roof thing, but, you know, it sounds like the chip uh, issue oh, is, is spiked up again. Bigger. So, so yeah, but uh, I don't know. They, they're still pretty cool looking, you know? I, I like them. Yeah, I think I, they look pretty good. I cannot believe how much some of those things are going, um, you know, for those that did get an early oh, allocation. Crazy. It's kind of stupid because eventually, I mean, they're, they're going to be selling yeah, them. They're gonna it's come not out, a limited like, run. So it's crazy. How yeah. Much some of them are going for but it. I guess if, if people want it now, you know, then they got to pay. Yeah. It's but, crazy. Huh? Okay. All right. So more and more delays that appears to be the current mm -hmm. state of the market in the automotive industry. But the Rivian R1T production, as you know, has been delayed till September. But even without selling a single unit, Rivian has announced they filed with the SEC for an initial public offering. With that, Rivian is seeking an $80 billion valuation, meaning that if they secure this on paper, it would make them more valuable than GM and Ford, who currently value at 72 Two billion and fifty-three billion. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the company has yet to sell a unit, but they do have a factory in Normal, Illinois. They do plan to produce a hundred thousand vans for Amazon over the decade, and they are planning to construct an additional five billion dollar, ten thousand acre factory for more production in twenty twenty-three. That's pretty. It's uh, pretty aggressive on the valuation there, considering they haven't sold a vehicle yet. Yeah, you know, if if they've got that level of commitment from Amazon, I guess I guess that's something, but yeah. it's still just 100,000 units. And I say yeah. just, I mean that that's pretty good. Whereas, However, in the scheme of things, 
um, that's pretty small. So I wonder, there must be something else to why they're saying their, their company yeah, is agreed. worth so much. Maybe it's the technology with it and they're, pl- they're still planning There's to, some, yeah. to, to maybe market their technology for others to use as well. Yeah. Right? That makes sense. That That's the only thing I can think of. There has otherwise to be it's just the vehicle. Because like yeah. Toyota cut their production 40% and they're still making 540,000 cars next right. month yeah. or this month. Like that's, Maybe they're saying their valuation's that good. Maybe they they know how to make the chip that everybody needs. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah <laughs> that's, that's what it is right there. Now, next up here, according to public survey, Ram and Dodge have actually the highest initial quality. So the JD Power 2021 initial quality study, which is 223 questions, and surveys new car owners on problems they experience within the first 90 days of ownership, then assigns them a score based on problems per 100 vehicles. Okay. Ram owners reported 128 issues per 100 new cars and Dodge 139 issues per 100 new cars. With that established, the top five of the study are Ram, Dodge, Lexus, Mitsubishi, and Nissan. That is fascinating. Mitsubishi is interesting to me. But personally, at least in my opinion, I would never purchase a vehicle based off this. Do you know how subjective that is? Yeah. Because you have to think of who's buying Mitsubishis. And who's buying Audis? True. I, I, guess, like, I guess some people, be, they they may be a little more particular on yeah. certain things. But when you see something like Chrysler, right? Yeah, 251. Right. But I guess where, where I am impressed is like Ram and Dodge used to be with Chrysler and used to be clear at that yeah, end of the, the scale. The bottom. So they obviously have done something right yeah, to exactly. step up their game for those vehicles. So, you know, kudos to them for, for getting after it because to your point, like it is subjective and, yeah. and, you know, based on the buyer and how particular they are about the vehicles, little, you know, creaks and rattles or whatever. Yeah, exactly. But, but for them to completely flip the scale, because I know positively I've seen Ram and Dodge at the lower yeah. end of that scale partnered with Chrysler because they were all on the same line <laughs> yeah, exactly. in many cases, right? So, yeah, good for them. Yeah, uh, pretty cool. I'm interested that Tesla's so high there. So they don't, because they're, but they also don't count. So if you see at the bottom, brand is not ranked eligible because it does not meet study award criteria. Interesting. Which okay. is interesting. I would okay. like to know what that means. Well, Somehow they got some numbers and they're right there. But I know like Tesla owners are like banging the drum about Tesla, right? Like they they are Tesla very well. Hey, they're I'm very kidding. proud of the vehicles and they're pretty cool, revolutionary, right? Yeah. Like it opened the door for so many others. Um, so it does sound like they've you know maybe had some initial quality, quality issues. Quality issues. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So next here, the Toyota Corolla Cross is the newest Toyota vehicle to have an optional hybrid powertrain. Toyota confirmed the Corolla Cross will receive a hybrid variant and that model will launch in the U.S. sometime in 2022. What are your thoughts on hybrids? Uh, I'm all right with hybrids. Yeah, it's fine. I don't have anything against hybrids. I mean, some of the coolest cars out there are hybrids. The 918 yeah that's a different kind of hybrid but it's a hybrid i I suppose but hey you know what if if it helps get fuel economy and it helps the manufacturers get to the the you know regulatory compliance that they're shooting for hey that's cool um i think i've seen i've had a few different hybrids from company vehicles and stuff and and you know i've definitely seen a different variety of how it's executed and some do Mm -hmm. it well and some don't you know and obviously that technology is is progressing 
Um, so yeah, whatever. I mean, that, that's, it, I guess it, it keeps the door open so that you can, yeah. you know, still utilize, you know, gasoline, which is so readily available yeah, right exactly. now anyways. Right. But, but use less of yeah, it. So for now, yeah. Yeah. That's uh interesting. That thing. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I look at it, cause I feel like we've seen it before, but, we have. um, it, it just scream Subaru somehow. Like it I, I really, does. <laughs> I don't know why, but no, yeah, I it agree just with you a hundred percent. Well, I mean, you know, they've been partnering a lot lately, yeah. so there's a vehicle yeah. later, even after this next story that they're partnering okay. with Toyota on. But yeah. So this is cool. Not sure how the OG Lotus enthusiasts are going to feel mm, about this one. Okay. I think it's cool and I think it's important. So Lotus just keeps teasing us with cool new models and information about the future of the company. As you may know, Lotus completely erased oh, its man. entire lineup and is transitioning to full electric, introducing the Amira as the last internal combustion car from Lotus and the Evija as the first EV hypercar. So with that, we got this teaser image. Lotus's future lineup will consist of two new SUVs, a coupe sedan, and the new EV sports car. These are being developed under the Vision 80 plan, the goal to be concluded by 2028, which is their 80th anniversary. Okay. Okay, so a lot of people aren't too happy about Lotus making SUVs, but I think it's cool. Porsche has to make SUVs to make cool hey, cars. Everybody's if, gotta make SUVs to make cool As long as it's cars. going to, I guess two things, one, it's got to somehow keep the spirit, right? Because yes, exactly. I know that if you're an enthusiast, it doesn't make sense to have an SUV in your lineup. However, if you're an enthusiast, it, it does make sense for your brand to continue on. And oh, right agreed. now, people buy SUVs, right? Yeah. And and that is what's fueling uh, the the innovations well, yeah, and Porsche, production. Porsche for, can give us a GT3 RS because they sell because so many they sell Macans, Macans and, Cayennes. and Cayennes, right? So so hey, bring it. And oh, by the way. If you can still get a little taste of that experience, because I can tell you yeah. that driving the Macan, uh, it feels pretty good. Oh, and it yeah. feels like a Porsche. It's awesome. It's a little, you know, it's sluggish in the corners and things like that, but nowhere yeah. near like a regular SUV. Oh, yes. Like it still has the suburban. spirit of Porsche in it, right? Yeah. And so I imagine, I haven't driven a Urus, bet you it's the same, right? Yeah. I bet you feel, a, a, you know, a flavor of the Lamborghini within it's it, just, right? So, yeah. So, hey, you know what? If Lotus can somehow make a lightweight, nimble and uh, cool. SUV that it has good. some cool styling. And, and uh, you know, they, what they've always done is brought a little bit of exotic for a, a little bit of money. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, and, and, but, oh, by the way, all, the whole time, they're known for their handling, mm -hmm. right? And some of that is because of the weight. Yeah. And so if they can figure that part out and make it, like, nimble and, and kind of fun, Hey, go for it. That's that's great. Good for them. And if that if they make some money and it fuels cars that look like this one on the left, yeah, come on. And know. enthusiasts need SUVs sometimes too. Like you people get always around. get mad about SUVs, yeah. but like you you kind of if you have the money for it, it's nice to have a bigger vehicle. So why not have something that's fun and looks cool and is exotic? But you like can you can still said, have some people sitting in the back. Good for right. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So to assist this huge transition, Lotus also created a new subsidiary called Lotus Technology. And the SUVs and coupe sedans are described by Lotus as lifestyle vehicles. And the official release says some cars on the new platform will be able to do zero to 60 in <laughs> under three seconds. The larger uh, SUV comes first with a launch scheduled next year, then the coupe sedan in 2023 and the smaller SUV in 2024, which can I say is fast. Yeah. Like that's a quick rollout to almost change an entire brand. They've got, they must have some things underway already. 
and they're oh, probably yeah. partnering with somebody on some of that development, right? Oh, it, yeah. It's, so, but good for them. Yeah. yeah they I, take I the brand awesome. further. That's cool. I, I will miss the, I mean, some of those cars sound pretty good. They sound so yeah. good. It's going to be sad. But I'm going to miss the sound, man. Then again, aren't aren't a lot of them that it's the Toyota motor, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so, which is not, I'm not saying anything bad about it because that's, that's, uh, you know, it's a great way to go for, you oh, know, yeah. a, a smaller manufacturer to, partner with somebody like that so interested to see what they bring me too i'm very interested as well now we have some more updates on the subaru solterra ev the ev suv arrives in 2022 and has been developed jointly with toyota sharing the platform with their bz4x as far as new details go subaru has released some teaser images of the solterra and honestly i really like that it kind of just looks like a normal car like we'll get some more shots here but it's not like some crazy hmm artist rendition attempt at trying to make something new and yeah. fancy yeah it looks pretty good except i don't know yeah. it's not integrated they kind so. of just threw a screen on there like but uh it looks uh, a lot better than bad. your subarus in yeah. infotainment well, that's screen. True. that was that's trash true. that thing wasn't wasn't great <laughs> of course it was entry level and usually these things are like the high end but well, yeah it sure looks like the interior is pretty plain like the look yeah, at the dash and the door and yeah. stuff. Like I wow, that's well, I mean, interesting. Again, well, yeah, not still, looking for luxury. I don't know the it, it. It at least had the look of you know, like the legacy that we had that company car legacy. The yeah. door panel and stuff had a little bit of like insert. Yeah, metal right. And stuff. So, huh, okay. I also thought that like light thing is. I don't know the way it's I reflecting off it of is. there. It's yeah. just a reflection, or is it actually like a touchpad or something? Looks interesting. All right, now. We have the first e-performance plug-in hybrid from AMG. Introducing the GT63 SE Performance, the vehicle has a combined 831 horsepower and 1,082 pound-feet of torque <laughs> using a twin-turbocharged 4-liter V8 making 630 horsepower and 664 pound-feet of torque by itself and an electric motor providing an extra 201 horsepower for up to 10 seconds or 94 horsepower consistently crazy it's kind of silly i mean eight eight hundred horsepower yeah, a four door sedan ridiculous <laughs> so what i do love i just want to say what i love about this is that they did change the way it looks like it still looks like the amg does and yeah. they didn't make it look like weird yeah I, like that's the only way i can say it. they didn't make it look weird so power is sent to all wheels via the nine speed automatic transmission rocketing the car from zero to 62 in just 2.9 seconds <laughs> and reaching 124 miles per hour in 10 seconds how, how much does that thing weigh because oh, it's gotta that's be heavy yeah i mean it ain't light well obviously with that kind of power you know it i, I don't know i don't know that, that thing is silly that but how awesome it, it is the way they didn't change the outside kind of makes it like I mean, it's still a Mercedes, and it's still kind of yeah. extreme looking because it's AMG. But it is a little bit of a sleeper, right? Like, yeah, it really. If, is. if somebody pulled up next to that and didn't understand, or if you ordered <laughs> it debadged or something, yeah, you know, which like, you can, you can order totally, it totally. And then somebody rolls up to it because if you go back, go back to that other slide there. That no, the previous that one. You get rid of that wing there, and you're. I have oh, like yeah. visions of a Taurus <laughs> yeah, SHO, exactly. especially the little, you know, like so. So I don't know, yeah. And that thing would just 
smoke you oh. and your you know yeah. your your uh, Hellcat or whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like you, you just romp on it and then and then the kids get out of the back seat. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. You just, pull pull all the babies just, uh, out and stuff. That's awesome. Car seats in there. I, I just I love that they're still, you know, getting after it with AMG. Oh, so yeah, that's agreed. Cool. So one thing also that I just kind of noticed a little detail in these pictures is that you can see the AMG or the Mercedes emblem is straight on all the wheels. Oh yeah. I think they edited that they have Yeah, they have. they penciled they that in. They that yeah. in there. <laughs> so with that, uh, you can also expect some new colors, different styling and more model specific, uh, new model specific options. Mercedes AMG will announce the US specs like pricing when we get closer to the launch for the 2023 model year. Subaru has revealed the 2022 Forester. The Forester gets redesigned with a front bumper and sharper LED headlights, with the grille also getting some new elements. The rear bumper then does receive some minor changes. With this, you get a 182 horsepower, 2.5 liter flat four, and the Forester comes standard with all-wheel drive. The 2022 Forester also gets some technology upgrades with all trim levels, getting the fourth generation of Subaru EyeSight driver assist technology as standard which is awesome yeah. i love that they're putting that standard on all their vehicles yeah good for them and the interior has some minor trim changes throughout and receives optional gesture control for tr climate control settings which is pretty cool that's, that's not good. like subaru there's also now the addition of the wilderness model which is the images we're seeing here which feature an upgraded drivetrain raised suspension but also a higher price starting at 33,945 over the base model which is just 26,320 interesting yeah. Hey, do you it know if, if those uh, that uh, what kind of, what what did you say that was with the gesture control? Yeah. Do you know if that works from like like uh, sensing the heat, a proximity See, I sensor? I don't know. Because like, BMW, what happens if you're wearing gloves or something? BMW you know I mean? has one where yeah. you you go like this to put the volume right. up, volume down. Next well, even song, you know? even on the Macan. When you get close to the screen, it changes and there offers you be, more features. So it's a proximity like sensor some, of some or sort. Like a laser grid I don't know. or something. I've never tried it with like gloves on, though, to see if it still does that. So That'd be interesting. Be, yeah. So we recently saw the Audi SkySphere concept that literally transforms into the sportier coupe. Yeah. Now we have the Grand Sphere concept. So the Audi Grand Sphere concept separates itself from the Sky Man, Sphere with a more luxurious approach and four doors. So the two electric motors push 711 horsepower and up to 686 pound-feet of torque with a claim 0 to 60 of 4 seconds and a driving range of 466 miles. The interior is where this thing really shines, though. In autonomous mode, the steering wheel is hidden underneath the dash. What? And the car's infotainment is projected onto the dashboard, and a series of cameras track the driver's eyes and flicks through the menus based on their movement. That it's crazy. That is wild. It's crazy. But there's some creativity for screen work and stuff like that. Oh, like, yeah. That's that's that it's, is it's, awesome. It's pretty. How wild. about I mean the the exterior of that car is stunning. Oh yeah. It's beautiful. They I done really it. like just it. a now. An I don't like it as job. much as that A6 concept. No, but still, it's up there. But it looks pretty good. Yeah. I, like I don't. I don't know much. about the steering wheel not, like disappearing. Like 
uh, in full autonomous. Like I get it, but you right now you still have to kind of be well, there, this right? Is like future, man. I guess. Yeah, that back seat <laughs> does not look comfortable. It looks horrible. <laughs> okay, I'm glad you said something because when I looked at that, I thought it would be awful. Check out the plant too. Yeah, you grow stuff in here, Audi. That's cool. There's this. There's a clip of the steering wheel. Look at the GPS. It takes up that entire thing, the whole, the scenery and everything. Which I think would be fantastic. That's pretty cool. I love that. That's pretty cool. So the steering wheel and gauge cluster, as you can see, come from behind the dashboard when the driver wants or needs to take control for things like getting off or onto the highway. This is merely just a concept, but Audi claims they are working on a production version that is aiming to launch sometime in the middle of this decade, which that seems a little ambitious to me. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, that whatever. kind of autonomous driving and that capability, I don't I mean, maybe maybe Audi knows something I don't. I mean, they probably do. <laughs> with, they've got a long way to go with regulators and that kind of oh, stuff. Yeah. Like, but interesting. I mean, it, it's Speaking kind of a of cool regulators, cool concept. Something. If if it just would fold away, just because you oh, know, yeah. you go to a drive-in movie or something, which nobody <laughs> does that anymore. But some people do. Um, or you, you go camping, or movies. you go. You know, you're not going to go with this you thing. But 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 I mean, if you applied that technology to other yeah. things, you have more room like your in Q5. your seat and that kind of stuff. So I don't know. Interesting. So okay. next here. We have more updates on the NHTSA investigation into Tesla autopilot crashes. So as NHTSA investigates the 12 incidents when Tesla's crashed into parked emergency vehicles, they are requesting Tesla to provide a wide-ranging set of data related to its autopilot driver assistance system. So there has actually been an additional crash. Before it was 11, there's now 12. So okay. there's another one that they're investigating that just happened. So NHTSA asked Tesla to provide a list of every Tesla outfitted with the tech, including the hardware and software versions each car uses, information on every crash the company knows of involving a vehicle that has autopilot, precise details on the operating limits of autopilot, and a list of situations that would cause the system to disengage and how driver inputs can override autopilot functions. Tesla has until October 22nd to give them all of this data. Mm. That's a lot of... That's a lot of work that Tesla's got to do to find all that stuff. It could be. I don't know. Who knows what, I mean, what they, the, the they electronics and everything. They, analytics right. system in the back. They're like, oh, this many and on this system. Maybe they do control F. Yeah, exactly. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty crazy, though. And yeah. then, again, if that, if that ends up being a recall on autopilot systems, that will affect a, around 765,000 vehicles. Wow. Yeah. Well, so that's a lot. That's hey, crazy. but I mean, they're... This technology can't come at the price of someone's safety or someone's life, right? Oh, so, yeah. so while it's still in its infant stages, they're still figuring it out, and I think it'll be great once they finally do. Mm -hmm. But uh, hey, it's important to to make sure that they review it all. So, oh, I agree, hundred percent. Oh, by the way, just totally changing the subject, and I think I may have mentioned it before, but I saw another Tesla today, and I really like what they've done with the front end now. It's and, way and better. Some and it's really foolish, right? Because you don't need vents and openings in the front yeah. of a car that doesn't have a, a normally aspirated like yeah. combustion engine. However, it's just nice to see those. It just it brings some better. familiarity yeah. to it, and that just looks so much better. So, oh, I agree yeah, 100%. I like that. I like it. All right, so with that, that is it for today's episode. Don't forget to like, subscribe, check us out on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at Anthony C-I-F-A-L. With that, you have an excellent rest of your week. Thanks for hanging out with us for a bit, and we'll catch you later. Peace out.